Hi folks, welcome to CLD Talks. Today we're going to be speaking to Adele Martin, who is a part-time member of staff for our South Lanarkshire Council's Youth Family Community Learning Services. Today she's going to be speaking to us about her journey from being a service user, volunteer and now a member of staff. So I hope you guys all enjoy it and here is Adele Martin. All right, guys, welcome to CLD Talks. Today we're speaking to Adele Martin. So it'd be great, Adele, if you could just tell us a wee bit about yourself and your career in CLD so far. Hi, so as Connor says, I'm Adele and I've been a part of youth work since I was, I think, 10. You're supposed to be 11, but I think I lied and said I was P. Six when I was P five because I think everybody done that. Uh, uh, you definitely so, did. Um, <laughs> just not one of my way in. I was one of the young people that you couldn't get rid of. Like I was every club, like girls group. I think I tried to get in maybe the boys group at some point. See, like <laughs> you couldn't get rid of me. Uh, so I went. I was there every day. Uh, been a youth, a youth worker. I was going to say a young person, and then. Went to every group and then I got to first year, I think, and it was Connor, wasn't it? You got me to volunteer in the P67 group every oh. Friday. Aye. And I loved it. So that's what happened. I volunteered there and then it went on to a Saturday as well. So I volunteered uh, a primary group every Saturday from 10 in the morning to 5. Uh, so, yep, I volunteered for five years in my time and then I went on to. What did I do? Sessional. I applied to a sessional job and I got that. So done a few shifts there and then. And then recently I just got a year contract with Care Campus, what I'm absolutely loving. Uh, but yeah, that's me so far. Brilliant. And you know, it's it's only been a couple of years really since you got your sessional post. Were you what age were you? 16 when you got it? Uh, just seven, 17, I'm sure. Yeah, 17. Okay. I so I was young. Aye, yeah. and you know, and that was I was sixteen as well when I got my sessional job, um, and it's a good time to learn. So it is, it is a good it time. Is, to it's still a young person myself. Aye, yeah, and hold that to your twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find volunteering at the start? Uh, I'd say it was quite hard because a lot of people I was volunteering with was some of my friends. So some of the people I went to the youth club with. With some of like my wee cousin and her friends, so see when you were like they were being wee widows, and you were like, give that a bye. They were like, who are you? Like, don't you're living in the same street as me? You can't tell me what to do. But <laughs> I feel like when it went on, the years went on, and obviously it was five years. So it was a long, it was a long time. I think you get that yeah responsibility and start to listen to you more. And, uh, and it makes a difference when it starts to split from being your pals that are at the club to then. They've started IT. moving on and then it's new young people where then you can really start to sort of get me your grips with it. I feel when you volunteer, a lot of the young people see you as a worker as well, like because obviously I wasn't getting paid for it, but the kids still see me as a worker because I was there every Saturday doing the exact same stuff mostly as the workers were doing. Like so the kids started to see me as a worker and Aye, so like a pal as well, because I was just so mature and I'm still lovely. I'm still running about doing TikToks with the kids, thinking I'm still 15 year old. But, <laughs> but you're good aye. at them. And I'm fantastic, <laughs> going to go viral on TikTok. I don't imagine, imagine. So then when you got your sessional job, what was the first shift you got? Uh, 
Right, I think it was Fair Hill. Uh, it was the youth club up in Fair Hill, what we're still doing. So it was with Hamilton UC, and they invited me to do a shift up in Hamilton I Fair Hill Civic, that's where I went. First shift, P67. And how was it when you weren't a volunteer and you were actually then paid? I was like, it just felt really the same because I was used to doing it. Uh, a bit more responsibility because I was like, right, I need to step it up a wee bit. But I think I was just covering because it wasn't a full on, like that was your shift, it was just a one-off. But the staff and all that would I volunteered with, so it was it was a wee easy one. I think well, if I get put into like a different centre that I wasn't used to, like, I get threw up in like EKE or something, and it was like my first session on shift. I felt absolutely crap myself and probably hid in the corner on shift, but <laughs> it was a bit different. Aye, and that makes it that wee bit easier as well. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, what was your first regular shift? What group did you do? I'm sure it was. I get, no, it was Faith Hill, so it was. I get put on a contract with them on a, not a contract, but every Thursday. So I'm mm-hmm. um, up there every Thursday and that was my first one. That was the only shift I got for ages, like only a Thursday night and then maybe a one-off I'd get called for Hamilton UC and be like, can you come and cover this or that? Like, So it was mostly just Fair Hill that I'd done on a Thursday. That was really all. Aye, that's what it'd been. I get mine, my first and only shift for like a year was Hill House uh, Youth Club every Thursday night, two hours a week. And that was Fair Hill, so I'm like, when are these other shifts going to get put out? But you just take what you, you get gave into it. It's... Aye, that's it. And it was just that sort of, we needed you there. And then you done like yourself, a few wee shifts here and there. But it was after, it was about a year in, then that's when I started to get more I shifts get more. and get maybe more regular stuff. But that's quite cool. Actually, we were both area-based and we were both... Aye, it was like, not in the centre. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I know that you went to China. Mm-hmm. Not just once, three times. Three times? See, look at you, well travelled. <laughs> do you know? Well so do I just tell a wee bit about that? Because I know that I was running about at the time when that project sort of happened, but if you can just sort of sum it up a wee bit, because it's mm-hmm. something that is, it's a, it was an amazing project at the time. So we done a project, it was every Wednesday night, and it was come and learn some Chinese and I was like, oh, this would be a bit fun. Like, I can't even speak my own language half of the time, never mind. And I can say, like, maybe three things in Chinese, and I've been learning it, I think, five years now. What, uh, what are the three things? Oh, God, put me on the spot. Ni hao, so that means hello. Right. Uh, ni hao ma, is how are you? And mama ho ho, it is, I'm okay. Nice. So there's your, there's your three things to get you through. <laughs> uh, but... So it was every Wednesday night. I was the youngest uh, in the group. I was only 14, I think, 14 mm-hmm. when I went to China. So it was my first time ever getting on a plane or anything. It was the first time away from my mum and dad. Uh, and it was obviously a big place I was travelling to. It's not like it was just in a Craig Taylor or something for the week. It was... Aye, that's why you were I know. I can remember I was telling my mum, like, so obviously I was in the group and we were... Um, learning Chinese. I never actually thought we were going to go to China. I just thought it was just a wee group. And as I said, you, you couldn't get rid of me as a young person. So I was like, right, that's a new group. I'm going there. Like, And then I'm sure it was Rab, yeah. Rab, and I, Rab was setting up that group. So he picked a few people. I think they were 14 years. Uh, 
so we went, it was every Wednesday, it was a closed group. We had a Chinese teacher in and she was teaching us basic Chinese. Um, and then we get told we were, we were actually going to China. We were all like, we're actually China? Like, are we actually like, <laughs> going? I can remember going home with my mum and she was like, no, you're not going there. Like, why do you want to go to China? And then I, it was Rab and Roshin. I had to get them to call my mum. I was like, can she come? Like, is <laughs> <laughs> she allowed to come to China? But, it's not uh, the same as M&D's, isn't it, no? <laughs> I, it's not the same. It's like you're taking my wean away for a week. It's, uh, but it was absolutely amazing. It's the best experience I've ever had, actually. It's um, it's something that I'll always be thankful for because it's not like I could just go and book a flight to China then with my pals because it's not somewhere you would actually just decide I'm going to go up and book a holiday there. It's, it's an experience, isn't it? Aye, it's like, usually once in a lifetime, but you've done it aye, three times. So. Three times, I've hurt the jackpot, haven't I? I know, that's um, amazing. But uh, so the first time I went was, I was obviously 14, I was a young person. And then second time I went, I was, but what were we, where were we? Were? I think there were five years we got picked, who we went the year before. Mm-hmm. And then the third time I went back, I was an ambassador. So it was good, it was, and the three times were different, like the third the last time I was there, we were in school-based, so we were doing school. We were living in a unique accommodation, so we were actually living their life, really. It's... Wow. And you don't get chicken balls and chicken curry over there. Like, I loved the boiled rice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try anything um, exotic? Uh, yeah, at the food market, I tried uh, some weird food. Get some sheep's. It's uh, some sheep's willy. <laughs> and... I don't know, can you say that? I, uh, ah, you did it. We're saying it now. But uh, I ate uh, sheep's willy because I can remember, com- I was 14, so I can remember coming home and we had a big presentation and it was all these very high up council workers and they were, they were all sitting in the universe connections and we had to speak. So all these other young people were saying, oh, I had the best time, we went to Great Wall of China and I stood up. My mum and all that were mortified. I was like, oh, I had sheep's willy. It was the best thing in my trip. Like, I never ate anything, but I, I had sheep's willy and it was amazing. I had chilli powder a lot. I, I always get slagged for it to this day. I'm like, we'll take it. So then the second time, so did you have like a volunteering role on the second time you went, like a mentoring role or anything like that? We had to, oh yeah, we had to interview a the new young people who were coming on the trip. So you had to go around all the centres. So I, I think my two centres were Rutherland and uh, East Cobride. So we had to go up there and we had to pick. We explained what was happening and what what the role was and what you were going to actually be doing. Like you weren't just getting to go to China. There were like a lot of work you had to do because it was like fundraising, loads of fundraising. Like you have to learn Chinese. So it wasn't just that you can turn up and you go to China next week. It was like two full years you had to get involved with this project. Mm-hmm. So when we had to pick these young people, I think in East Coast we had seven kids turn up and we were only allowed to pick two. I think two, I So we were only allowed to pick two children from that centre. And I was like, how can you pick a child, a young person that you're new for like half an hour? How do you know that they're going to go home with the rest of the group? That they're going to have... Like, they're going to enjoy it. Like, you can't yeah. just be doing a year's time and pick somebody new. But, uh, I so we were 
it was like a volunteer role. It was higher than obviously the young people before us. I think we were buddied up. Mm-hmm. So oh, so that's what it was. We were buddied up. I was I had a young person. Uh, I'm saying that I was still young as well. I was seven, sixteen. Like had a young person, uh, but we all had young people. That was we were like there. We so what like a wee leader thing for them. So they needed it, and they could come to us. But yeah, so it was. And then the third time I went was I was an ambassador. So uh, I done a lot of the work. It was like I was doing most of the setting up the fundraising stuff. I had more of a responsibility when I went over there. Uh, and you know, and that's some experience to have under your belt mm-hmm. that, to be fair, not a lot of people might actually realise because it's not something you speak about all the time. It's not something no. you brag about, but just even here it's like when you, It's something when you play with the kids and work and you're like, right, we'll play two, was it two truths and a lie? And I'm like, oh, I've been to China and half of them's like, that's definitely a lie. And I'm like, no, I've been there, I've done it. Aye, you know what it is? It's crazy. It's, and, and using that experience that you've got and that helps shape you as a worker and make mm-hmm. who you are today because that's experiences. So, is. so then, how have you found the transition from being a young person volunteer to being a full-on member of staff? Um, I still think to this day it's quite hard because I'm only 21, so a lot of youth workers I work with are all my old youth workers. So, a lot of staff will say I was a bit wild. I would say I was a bit quiet. It was just maybe the people I hung about with. You did my motor. <laughs> you deserved that. That was, and you started greeting. You were raging. You, were, you never spoke this for about two weeks. Oh, yeah, it's the um, only time I've lost my rag, man. <laughs> brand new motor. <laughs> Blame someone else for that. I think I was just encouraged. Oh, uh, yeah. But I think, uh, so a lot of the staff I work with nowadays were my youth worker. So, when I just started, I can remember, where was it? I can't even remember, but I was doing a shift and a lot of staff were like to me, oh no, that's Adele, like, she was a wee witch, so how is she going to have this job? And I can remember a staff member saying to me, like, blah, 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 like, you were wild. And then at the end of the shift, she's like, Adele, you've changed so much. Like, how, I thought you were just going to be the exact same young person you were. And she says, you just came in and you're just like ace that shift. She says, I, ne- I would never have thought like you were going to be able to do it because she says, I never have thought you wanted to do your foot because of the way you were. It was difficult. No, but I think that the, the transition is difficult, especially when you're young person, volunteer, member of staff in the same service. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the time, maybe people will go to maybe college or they'll do something else and they'll go to different places where people do have that sort of preconception of, we Adele the Dafty. Aye, we And it's um, like, no, I'm not that anyway. I'm still a Dafty, but not as bad as I used to be. Like, uh, I've I've changed a bit. I've grew up a wee bit, and I'm not just a wee daft last say it's got a TP your car, if you annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is, and, and even we've done a few shifts together, and it, it totally is like you've you've grew into the job, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a reason why you've got the position in your you're proving that you can do the job to so many people. People speak so highly of you. And it is a slow it is a slow burn. And I had a similar experience as you with that being the young person volunteer sessional. And it takes a while to shake that. So it does. It does. It definitely does. But you just got on weight, into it? You're like, you prove everybody wrong. You're like, I'm not 
that wee daft young person, can you stop calling me? Well, we are there, like, you, we're the same. Like, you're just a wee bit higher because you're getting full-time contract, but I'm still still a worker. Like, I'm no... Exactly. Exactly. Like 100%. And people who are sessional members of staff shouldn't be treated different from full-time hours folk because you're doing no, the exact definitely. same work. And that's what you've just said there, and that's perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree with you there, and that's how it should be because everybody yeah. does the same job to improve people's lives. So then... <laughs> To get yourself here, and especially in CLD, there's always a role model or there's always maybe somebody that you look up to. So has there been any particular workers or there's been any influence, anybody that's put an influence into your career that you would say that has been a massive, massive help to you? Yeah, so I've got two people. I've got a man called Robert Burgess. Mm-hmm. He doesn't work for the service anymore. Yeah, but Rab was... I used to say he was like a grander to me, like he, from P6 right upwards, like I, I go on the phone to Rab constant still, like to this day, and I'm like, well Rab, can you help me with this? And he doesn't even work for the service, like, so I've got him, and then I've got Roisin, like Roisin was like my rock, like I never knew what I wanted to do, like I left school, I went to one of her groups, and I can remember saying to her, like, what am I going to do, like, the careers officer at my school was like, oh, why do you not do hairdressing? Like, I can't even put my hair in a pony, never mind going to do something else here. Like, so I was like, pure struggling. I never knew what I wanted to do. And like, Roisin was just there at all times. Like, I can't, like, I wouldn't even be in this job if it wasn't for her. Like, I never knew what I wanted to do. Anything. And she was just like, right, we'll apply this, take on all these volunteering shifts. Like, do not gear up. And then, now Roisin's my boss in Care Campus. It's, it's mad. It's I'll always be like thankful for her and Rab. Like there are a lot of other staff as well. Like I obviously look up to, and I'll be like, right, you'd give me that wee bit to go onto the job because I've seen how well you do it. But they two are a wee people that I look up to and inspire them and inspire me. Oh, that's brilliant. And you know, Rab started me out as well. Rab was the guy that Did sort it? of gave us the gave me the opportunities and the shifts and gave us that back and to do what we needed today. So uh, it's, 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 it's nice and, and Roisin's a good egg. So she has, she's a good wee egg. Yeah, she's, a, she's a good egg. Um, no, that's amazing. And you know, I, I bet you the two of them will be really the two of them will really appreciate probably hearing that, I think. So then is it because of the sort of help that Roisin and Rab gave you is why you decided to have a career in CLD? Uh, I would say so. Like, so obviously I was there being a young person and I looked, obviously I seen what they were doing and I was like, oh, that's, that's quite interesting. I think I'd quite enjoy that. And then I went on to one of Roisin's groups. I think it was Links to Life. Might be wrong. Uh, and she was like, why do you know this? Like, she was, I think we were speaking about if this is what I want to do and all sorts. And I think her and Rab put me on a PDA in youth work. Mm-hmm. So it was every Sunday and I went and done a hire in youth work. I think it's a caller. I think it might be a hire, might be wrong. No, I think um, it is a hire. I think you're right. A hire. And from then I, I was just like, that's what I want to do. Like, I'm getting this job and I'm, I'm getting it. Like, that's really it. Like, I. So how did you find the PDA? And learning about what we do, because I know that for just maybe doing the volunteering shifts, it's dead fun mm-hmm. and you get that, but then learning about the reasons why and the theory and how was that? I, was, I struggled like Kale, like I am, 
I hate like writing, reading, cannot do it. Like I, I just try and patch it most of the time. I'd rather do the fun stuff. I know it's no good, but it's just the way I'm off. So I can remember like obviously like, this Sunday I had to do the trip the um, PDA and you always get like homework or like study work to do and these tasks and I, I can remember it was every like Monday or Tuesday I'd be on the phone to either Rab or Roshi and I'd be like Wait, I need to help, I need your answer for this one. And I'd be down like in the UC, like with all these books, and I'd be like, right, I need to come on, we need to get this answers, I think. Um but I I think it was obviously a lot harder, but it was great to know the, the understanding because I feel like I never knew much. I knew that you could do all this different stuff with the kids, but I never knew the like the writing side of it, like the do you know what I mean? So it was it was good, it was a good requalification to get like and I'm grateful that I got on that so I was I was lucky that I got into that brief course on my Sunday because it's right now I don't want to go to uni or college it's just not for me then now mm-hmm. maybe in a few years time yeah. so when Rab been wrote I was Rab when Rab was like right I've set you up for this course I'm like oh god what am I going to especially on a Sunday I'm like I don't know about that but I'm glad I went and I got that qualification because it's something that I can put behind me, if you know what I mean. It's something that I've got now that's... Yeah, but it's also it's something that puts you in the right direction for moving further in this field, you know, and mm-hmm, it definitely. gives you that sort of understanding. That I know that we have, um, we might have some professional discussions and we look at things and there's things like that that won't go, but for you to have that and do that for yourself is really important. Um mm-hmm. And it's also important because I was going to ask you about like if you thought about like uni or anything like that, but uh, people find the right time for uni, you know. And I, I, I don't feel like I need to rush into it. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people will say to me, like, "Why are you not going to uni?" Like there were staff member I was speaking to a while back, and they were like, "I think you should go to uni and then work your way up if it doesn't work." And I'm just like, "No, like I'm not going to go and change." I, uni's not for me, then. Like if I went to uni, I'd probably give up with your work if I had to sit in in a room and do all that work I would be like right I'm patching that job I'm not going to do it because it'd bore me I'm not I'm not just saying that but it would bore me sitting there having to do all that paperwork so I feel like maybe in a few years time if I feel like it I'll I'll go and study it a bit more I, but I think that's that's the right attitude to have there's no point in putting yourself through something that you don't feel that you're in that place for you know no. um, I wouldn't have went to uni either if it wasn't far Rab helping us out finishing off my SVQ and then the deal was once we'd done that we went to uni and he, mm-hmm. he was like listen I've we've, we, I've sorted you out here so I need you to now go and do that and that was the deal so I went and you did it. at the time I, I didn't like it I'm no academic I don't like writing um, and That's it was a struggle so. you know and don't get me wrong I, I struggled with it but I got there once you're in it you sort of start to get better but I was the same. I was like, uni, no for me. I just want to do my job. I want to work with the kids. Aye. I work with the families and I just want to go. Aye, yeah. That's me. So I feel like I can learn. I'm learning a lot on the job. Mm-hmm. So the people I'm working with have been in the service for ages and the people just starting as well. So I feel like I'm learning every shift I go in, like I'm learning something new that I never knew. So I it's good that way. Like, and I will go to uni. I know for a fact that I'll make myself go to uni in a few years' time, but right now I'm just happy the way it is. Good. So the right way to be. When it's your time, it's your time, and you'll know. Um, and then we'll, we'll help you. 
We'll see what happens. I'll be on the phone to one of you. Um, <laughs> Can you write that sentence for me? <laughs> Hi. Thanks. That's you reminding me. So take that up. I'll be messaging you, Connor. You say it's on that podcast that you would do my, my essay. I know. <laughs> Just sending me a timestamp 36 minutes or whatever it is. You say it. <laughs> you definitely said that. So COVID-19's been a... It's, it's affected everybody in mm-hmm. so many different ways, and we all know. So in your work, what sort of stuff have you done to respond to try and still engage with young people and families? Uh, what have I done? So we were doing, at the first lockdown, I, uh, I was doing a lot of Zoom calls with the children. Uh, I have I do an additional sport needs group on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing that, but... I think that got, it got a bit harder after a while because they were, they were getting a bit bored of the Zoom calls. I don't think a lot of young people, if you're on a Zoom call for 45 minutes trying to speak, not doing face-to-face, they get a bit bored because I would be bored if I was just sitting on a Zoom call talking for an hour. Like, it's no, it's no for me. Uh, and then I had, I don't know if you've seen them, but i done videos of me cooking. I did. That's why I'm asking. I hate them. Like, I can't cook, like... Whitehall Universal Connections got me to do the videos because I tried to make the kids scrambled egg one Saturday and work and I put it on the toast and it was just water or milk but on the kids' toast. So I'm leaving it loud in the kitchen. So they thought it'd be funny if I start doing a wee cook- cooking with Adele every Saturday, every Wednesday I think I'd done it. So I was on Facebook and I was making all this food and posting it on social media. How much like, did your mum make for you? No, my mum was hiding behind the camera so I would speak. And I'd be like, hi, this is what you're going to do. And then I'd be like, at the back, my mum would be like, Shh. she left me once, then I had to do brownies, I'm sure. And I posted the video, and the brownies were a riot, like, because my mum wouldn't help me. I was, we went right in the bin. But with the pandemic, I feel like at the start, I, I was like, what's going to happen? Like, if, and I just started, I think it was the second one, I just started with Care Campus, so I got my 20 hour contract. But it was only a year's a year, uh-huh. so it would run yeah. out in September, and I was petrified. I was like, "Will they just let me go now? Because I'm, I can't get out to do any work. So why, why would they keep on a new start who's only had a year contract when she can't really do much? Because there's not much for you to do. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I know you can. We're doing online work and working with the kids through stuff, but I was, I was petrified. I was like, I just got this twenty-year contract. Is this going to get took off me? Uh, thankfully it's not and I'm still here uh, but uh-huh. like, uh, like we're doing a lot of social media stuff for the kids to get involved with uh, quizzes zooms funny videos stuff like that we challenges for the kids in October we were able to open back up again so how did you find coming back into doing shifts face to face with young people again well, I was buzzing. I can remember coming in and it was a lot cool. I was working. Was it all you the first shift? And I was like I was so thinking. buzzing. I was like, yes, I can see the kids again. I was like running in the centre. Uh, it's so different though, because you get a one way. You felt like you were always saying like, go this way, this way, this way. I can remember the kids saying to me as well, Adele, you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, crap, running around the centre, like you're useless chitting. But Aye. it was great to come back and I feel like the kids missed it, not just the kids. We all missed it as well. Like, we miss seeing these young people and getting to speak to them face to face. I feel like 
through a Zoom call or through a wee chat, you don't get a real conversation till you're in person with someone. So it's good to get all the gossip and a good wee catch up with them. So I was loving them back. Uh, and nothing replaces face to face. Nothing yep. at all. Like the the online stuff's decent to a level, but like you said, with the groups, there's a there's a lifespan on how they work. Because a lot of young people just disengaged and they did get, they get bored with it. Aye, um, but I think that then when we get back in the centres, it was so refreshing just being able to see each other again and Aye. see young people, see families, see the staff, and be able to start doing but we're what are they? Back into I get back into what we're used to doing and then it all happened again and we're centres are still closed. Aye, we're back up the road. We're back up the road sitting on the couch. <laughs> know, making up podcasts they fill some Aye. time. <laughs> Just for a wee bit of fun. Aye. Um, so then what do you think would be if a memorable moment or a memorable highlight so far in your career in CLD? Oh, highlight. Uh, well, obviously, China's my biggest one because what I say is that was my biggest memorable thing that I'll never forget. Uh, yeah. I don't really know. A lot of highlights, like annoying the staff, like that was probably the biggest highlight I always remember because, like, after it we done, like, I feel like the full experience has been highlighted because I remember everything, like, after it was great. Like, I don't really, I couldn't just pick out a few. Things, you know what I mean? It's been great. Yeah, it's so difficult. So, as in, you know, I think it's such a hard question as well um, to pinpoint, especially when it's impacted, CLD's impacted you from being a young person into becoming a member of staff. There's just so much that you just, I There's so much that I could say that it would actually be sitting here for a couple of years telling you my life story about me being a, youth, a young person, but. I feel like everything I've done has been a highlight, like annoying the staff, TPing your car, um, <laughs> Friday nights, rave things. Uh, oh, they were brilliant. Like, there were loads, I, so there were loads of highlights that I could go back to. Like, no, fair dues. Um, is is there anything that you've? Is there anything that you've maybe done that made any mistakes or any errors that you've really had to learn from? Uh, like a setback, would you say? Aye, aye, a setback. I, so I applied to a full-time position uh, about a year and a half ago and can remember being in Santa with my friends and I got a call and they were like, oh, you're not being successful. And I was absolutely gutted. I was like, right, I'm not doing your work anymore. Like, mm. I, I, that was me, I gave up. And I kept on noting back sessional staff hours. Like, I Anybody who messaged me for shifts, I'd like, nah, I don't want them. Uh, and this went on for months and months. And then I, I don't know what happened. I just woke up and I was like, what am I doing? This is what I want to do. Stop gearing because you had a wee setback, a wee knockback, like, learn from it. So I ended up leaving a full-time job in retail and found another job that suited me that I could work through the day. So any shifts that came at night time I was like right I'll take them so I emailed all the centres and was like right I'm available Monday to Friday any day you want me and that's so I ended up loads made hours like Lark Hall Whitehall because I was only obviously doing Fair Hall mm-hmm. 
and I ended up with like call shifts, Whitehall shifts and Hamilton shifts just because I was like, stop sitting about feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, been knocked back from my job. Like there's going to be other opportunities, so hopefully. So that's yeah. what I done. Like then I never gave up. I gave up for a wee bit, and then I'm like, what's the point? Like this is what I want, and I will get it. So that's what happened. Uh, and you know, I think that for that, I remember the, the jobs at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, I remember at the time hearing that obviously you never got one. And I was, I was gutted for you, but it's it's so difficult at the time. But how then you've mm-hmm. came back and just that change in attitude and going, well, do you know what? It's no this one, the next one I'll maybe get. And then now you're sitting here, you get that 20 hours. You've now got so many different evening shifts and, you know, you're doing such a good job, you know, that... I- I think it's getting recognised and I think you put in the hard work like you're doing and it shows just the character that you have and how strong oh. you are to be able to bounce back, you know, because a lot of people might have just gave up and just went and back to I. something else and, and they'll put themselves out there and try to learn for it. And, you know, and it is, I feel like I grew up as well. Like when I went to, when I applied to the job, I think I was 19 as well. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously I was only doing like a, fr- a Thursday night up two hours up in Fair Hill so when I get knocked back in that and then I was like oh I'm not doing it I took on all the shifts like I was, I was doing like 15 hours instead of two so like I've got so much more experience now so when I go in hopefully if a job ever comes back up it will be but we'll see I'll be like right I've got more experience now yeah. I'm not speaking like a child like I can do this like so I feel like don't gee up I'll get there at some point I, and you know, I, I fully believe you will. And having just that sort of self-assurance and that constant learning and being open to learn and gain new experiences, mm-hmm. it can only be an advantage to you. So yep. fingers crossed jobs come up and more opportunities <laughs> will appear because it would be brilliant for you to be obviously full-time and secure that way as well. Right, so I think now we're, we're on to our last question that I'd like to just sort of ask you, if that's all right. So this question will be at the end of every podcast and I want to just hear different people's sort of answers and opinions. So what I'd just like to sort of know is what advice would you give to someone who is looking to start their career in CLD? Go for it. Like, it'll be the best thing you do. Like, if that's what you want to get into, then don't let him tell you otherwise. I feel like if this is what you love, and that's what you want to do, go for it. That's the only thing I can say. Like, just go for it. It'll be the best, most awarding job you'll do, I feel like. Because I don't even feel like I'm working half the time. I love going to work, like, just because it's a great job to get in there. That's all. That's all, really. Go for it. Brilliant. Well, on that note, I think we'll call it a day. So thank you very much, Adele, for coming on to CLD Talks. And I think that go for it is just such a good way. And if you're listening to this and you're debating about it, just go for it because you'll know be disappointed. In the words of Adele Martin. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Right, Adele, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on this. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. It was really good to catch up with Adele, someone who you'll know now that I've knew for quite a few years. It would be great if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave us a wee review and let us know what you thought about this conversation. Thanks very much. Have a nice day.